You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the will explain them to you. If there's a thing you want to explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. This is the ASMR Femsplained episode. This is the ASMR Femsplained episode. Hey, welcome to Femsplained. What is Femsplained? What is ASMR? I can't remember what it stands for, but this is the sound <laughs> of my nails on a microphone. Yes, I'm just going to go. I, I, In the videos, they just do this over and over again. What? Oh, they're just touching. It doesn't make a sound. No, they just like point at you. And then they and then they do this up and down with their finger. Do you know that there's ASMR, like murder podcasts, where you get both murder podcast content and ASMR? I would fear for my life, genuinely. If I listened to that, I would be afraid. One time, <laughs> I was at a burlesque convention with previous guest Celeste, and we shared a hotel room. <laughs> And you were murdered by the hosts of an ASMR murder podcast. And I woke up to her listening to one out loud. (laughs) But I didn't really know what was happening or where I was. (laughs) I thought there were murder ghosts in the room. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) I think, furthermore, I... uh, she could tell, like, from my breathing and my sudden movement that I was awake, but I was pretending that I wasn't. <laughs> and I think she was waiting for me to, to say, hey, what's up, or something, but instead I was just, like, frozen, <laughs> trying to pretend like I was still asleep, which lets me know that demons will know that I'm pretending. Yeah. Yeah, they will obviously know. Um, just like they know when one foot is not under the blanket. <sighs> well, th- is, what is Femsplained? <laughs> Femsplain uh, is a, a, the opposite of ASMR. Is it? Yes. It, yeah. it hurts your ears. Yeah, it's a primarily vocal fry based yes. podcast. It is a vocal fry based <laughs> podcast that uh, focuses on fem experiences in nerd culture. Um, and uh, we have had a couple of great episodes recently, including one with previously mentioned guest <laughs> Celeste. Uh, and so it's time for our favorite uh, <gasps> homework, homework episode. episode. Wait, but before we do homework episode, Avalon, what has nerd culture done for you lately? I have gotten way more into watching live plays than I have time for. So I'm going to have to throttle that back in some way. Yeah, yeah. But that's... <laughs> So many good ones got released like all at once. That's it's all happening at once. Yeah, Yeah. the the one that I plugged, I think last week, uh, Ink and Lear, Ink and Liar. That's why I was. If I was awkward last week, it's because I was so in my head about how to say the word liar. I completely forgot. (laughs) Um, Anyway, Ink and Liar uh, is the stream or the channel, uh, and the stream is Fate's End, and I still really like it. And last week I won there. Giveaway. I know. You're so special. You win things. I am so excited. I got it in the mail a couple of days ago, and I haven't posted it yet because I'm getting a new phone and my camera on my current phone so bad that I thought I'd wait. 
and it's the prettiest gigantic enamel pin. It is so pretty. Oh, I love enamel pins. I know. Mm. I am so excited. That's awesome. And, oh my gosh, it's so dramatic. The story is not interesting, but I, um, <laughs> the way they do their giveaway is that you have to, you have to be in the chat to like say, I'm still here. Yeah. Um, I don't know if everybody does that or not, but. Not uh, everybody does, but it, it you should, because people will spam you, uh, otherwise. Yeah. Mm, but so they were doing so I, I entered and I always listen to the first half of the episode at work and then I have to walk home and then you know like I'm home and it's kind of hard to still be watching it so um I entered and I was leaving work and I was like I have a feeling so I twitch on my cell phone which is not usually how you twitch as I'm like walking a few blocks right um, and right. literally as I got to my porch they were like I can't attack and I was like oh my god I I have to click in the chat I have to say I'm still here I'm like struggling with my phone and um <laughs> I was so excited because I would have like if I had walked in the door and they hadn't announced it yet I was just gonna be like eh, I probably wouldn't win anyway and if I had missed it and I had gone back and rewatched the stream I would have screamed yeah, you would have been so upset. <laughs> I'm so excited to see a picture of it. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's so pretty. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I've been watching that. Uh, Into the Motherlands also. Yeah. It's obviously um, can we taking over the entire world. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> tweeting about Into the Motherlands last night? Well, I didn't know about that. So, yes, let's please talk about it. Uh, so... It, this ties into my nerd culture things that I want to talk about. But last night before, while we were all getting ready and setting up for Four Phases, which is our Werewolf the Apocalypse campaign that we're doing, we're all sitting there and we're just waiting for the last couple members to show up. And we see Arnold Schwarzenegger like pop up on our timelines like, I don't follow him. Like, I don't, it's I didn't even know he was he on would, there. Yeah. <laughs> it's odd for him to show up on my timeline. But then I recognize that Tanya DePass, uh, Cypher mm -hmm. of Tear, is tagged in one of the posts. And apparently, like, he did a, I guess, like, a big panel on some of, like, the experiences of uh, black and brown creators on Twitch. And like what their experience is like. And um, Tanya was involved with a panel on specifically like on nerd culture on the on the platform. And so she obviously spoke about uh, uh, Into the Motherlands. And so then there you have like Arnold Schwarzenegger doing like a little recap thread where he mentions Into the Motherlands. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's like the 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 nerd sphere has like such a a different reach than i ever ever could have foreseen <laughs> and yeah. I'm like i'm just living for it and like i my jaw was on the floor that is very exciting and bizarre yeah <laughs> yeah um i why was Arnold Schwarzenegger doing a panel on black and brown experiences? I do not no. know. <laughs> okay. But we were talking about him also, and we were discussing um, one of the other, uh, uh, one of the players and, and me were discussing that he's like maybe the only person we can think of of a Republican that doesn't make us want to throw up. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, his, it's, you kind of forget that he is one. 
a little bit. Like, I guess, like, just because the word has become associated with, like, literal white supremacy and things yeah. like that. And, like, like, very, very violent. Authoritarian, <laughs> <terrorism>. yeah. <laughs> so, like, the fact that he's also a Republican and is like, let's have a panel about discrimination. It's like, oh, that can... I wonder if hmm. um, if you, like, lived or came up in California when he was governor, if his republicanism feels a little bit more, like, gritty, yucky. Whereas, Probably. like, if you're the rest of the world, you're just like, I, I don't really know what he did from a policy standpoint. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I don't. But he yeah, seems true. not horrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. But that is very bizarre, and I'm looking forward to digging into that. Um, I did. I was look. I pulled out my phone when you started talking about it to see if it like jumped out immediately, and then I realized that I shouldn't be doing that. But when I did, the first thing that was on my Twitter timeline was us being tagged in a post that was like, "I finally listened to an episode of Ben Swain. It was all right." <laughs> and that's the takeaway I want you all to have when you listen to this podcast. I don't want you to be recommending us to all your friends. Just say okay. It's like, that was all right. I, I've been ignoring it in my subscriptions for months and months, and I finally listened, and it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's how... <laughs> that's an appropriate feeling. That's yeah. perfectly reasonable. Um, has nerd culture, before I pass it to you, done anything else for me? Surely I've done more than just listen to things uh, or watch things. Um, no, I guess not. Everything else is kind of homework related, so I have to say that. Perfect. Great, <laughs> because <laughs> I want to talk about four phases so bad. This is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, I, I just want a second that it's really cool. Yeah, I, I, I want to do this a thousand more times. So basically what happened was like, I don't know, maybe maybe five months ago or something. It was right when I moved into this apartment. Um, my friend Gabe tweeted that he wanted to play Werewolf the Apocalypse. And I was so excited because, all right, so so a little backstory is that, like, D&D is, like, the game that everyone is playing, right? But it's not, like, the first role-playing game that I learned how to play. It, it's not even my favorite one. It's just one that I kind of started playing because it's the one you're most easily able to get other people to play with you. The old world of darkness games and storyteller system games are the games that I did play for most of my like nerdy uh, upbringing. So to see him finally mention that and be like, I want to play that. I was like, holy cow, that is, that's my game. I will run it. I would love to do that. Just thinking, okay, I'm talking to my friend Gabe and we're having a fun little, little nerd out together. And then Matt Mercer replied and was like, yes, do this. So then <laughs> that obviously blew that tweet absolutely out of proportion. Um, just being like, I want to play this game is now like a, <laughs> a trending topic um, because of the Matt Mercer effect. And, uh, and so gave message me shortly after and was like oh i'm serious about this by the way and i was like oh great no i'm i am too i'd absolutely run it and like a week later he's like by the way we have a sponsor <laughs> i was like what i've never had a sponsor for anything ever Jesus uh, so God. 
diehard dice who um, I have had one other really nice interaction with them. Um, one of their uh, one of the people from Die Hard Dice did send me when I released Neverland. They sent me a set of dice that they already had in their you know uh, on their store that are called t- Twinkling Bell dice and kind of oh. look a little Neverlandy. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They wow. sent me that as like a little like congratulations for releasing this thing, and it was really nice and very sweet. Um, and they are very like they're like full of gold glitter, which is really hard to get a good picture of, but they're very very beautiful. Um, so I had had a really good interaction with them in the past, and I really like their dice. And so I thought, okay, this is really cool, but they. They sponsored us, and what I didn't realize is that they were making a custom dice set for this game that we were running specifically. That feels is, so legit. That that's like so I legit. actually am kind of like goosebumpy sometimes when you talk about it. Like that's so cool to me. It's so cool, and like they did. I kind of expected them because they're you know, as a dice store, the majority of your product is going to go to D and Ders. So I assumed they would make a, you know, a full um, polyhedral set, but they didn't. They made it a set of all D10s. Oh, which, so it's perfect for it's per- it's Werewolf. It's exactly yeah. for uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse or any other storyteller game, which I, I don't know. I just really, really liked. And it comes with this little, um, this like portable black light attachment thing that hooks onto your dice tray. Uh, so that, that your sh- dice can glow? Yeah, the dice are... Okay, I'm going to show you. the dice. I feel like are- that's like some Iron Man shit. Like, how did they even invent that? This is the dice without the black light. And, yeah. And let me see if I can get them to glow on camera. And now the dice are werewolves. Yeah, now the dice are werewolves. They glow <laughs> bright yellow like werewolf eyes. Um, so, so, yeah, all kinds of unrealistically cool things. Gabe, who really has a lot more reach than than I do and has a lot more connections in the sphere, uh, did the casting for the show. And um, I think maybe some people would be uncomfortable with that, but I was way more comfortable with that because I am bad at making decisions. Um, and he just he just came out with this this group of people who are just incredible, like so so creative and so open to role play and new things and exploration and all just all kinds of stuff um and it's it's been so much fun and we've only done two episodes and there are only two more left and i'm already sad about it but it's so exciting um and it's so much fun and it's really just refilling all of my like all of my energy yeah uh the this. cast has so much, um, like, uh, I don't know. I feel like they have so much chemistry. Yes. That it's it feels like a, you're running a group of people with so much interpersonal history. And everybody's role-playing is just so effortless. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I really think it's, like, one of the best role-played, acted, whatever, live streams that I've seen. Yeah. It's they're, really, really phenomenal. <laughs> they're really good. Yeah. They're so good. 
and and honestly, I think it's it's really fun to to um, stick these really experienced role players, really really um, fun role players, into a system that isn't D and D, which is primarily a combat based si- system, mm-hmm. which. You know, nobody in the sphere plays it that way, but it is, you know, that that's the it's way it's designed, built. yeah. Um, so sticking them in a in a game that really is like, ah, make it up. Like, what <laughs> do you, you know, like, it, it really is like a game that encourages you to be flexible in your, um, in your builds and in your choices and stuff like that. So I, it's just been very fun. <laughs> and I think it's very exciting. rude that it's four episodes. And I don't know if that's on you or that's on Gabe, but I just want to come out and say that I think that was a rude choice. It, I agree. Yeah, wholeheartedly, it's very rude. Um, it's, uh, you know, that's just uh, when our sponsorship ends. So, of course, if you're out there and you're watching Four Phases and you have money and you'd like to sponsor us for more episodes... Please get in touch with Gabe and let him know. Um, Is there an openness, not just on your part, but like on the the cast's part, that if sponsorship continued, it would continue? We we have we talked about it in the very beginning. Um, nothing's come up yet, so we haven't like crossed that bridge. But I we did mention it in the beginning, so I think it it, it is on the table. Okay. But so I like, am going to be if I have to go find a sponsor. <laughs> if we have I know. last episode on Halloween, it will be fine. I know, and it. I know. I just like it so much. I'm. I'm making this about me. I know, and that's fine. Anyway, whatever. I'm just so. I'm so full of happiness and joy. Um, and I've never put so much prep into a game before. Um, and it's really like. It's really going well because of that, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Like, I usually am very flying by the seat of my pants, which I also like to do. It's fun for me, but it, it it's, it's given me a lot more confidence to be, like, extremely planned, uh, yeah. extremely prepped uh, for this game. I would think you would also need to be a little more planned for a limited run because, like, yeah. you know, you got you to gotta hit certain storyline points i would think by a certain time yeah yeah otherwise otherwise everybody's still just kind of (laughs) like dipping around in in episode four yeah exactly um so that's what nerd culture has done for me it's been a big one this this episode awesome so we had a lot of homework to do I yeah. did some of it. I did some of it too. Great. <laughs> All right. Which parts did you do? Because I'm really excited about one thing in particular. I didn't do anything for True Blood. Oh, I don't care. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Whatever. <laughs> um, I can't really remember what we were supposed to do. Read some fan fiction? That would have actually been funny. I should have done that. Yeah, I think we were supposed to read some fan fiction. I forgot about True Blood. That would have taken like 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, well, I also forgot about it because it was a million years ago that we recorded it. Um, in 2020 time. What was the next one? Spiritfarer. What was the next one chronologically? Uh, uh, well, I had to do Kingdom Hearts, so I watched a video about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I, watched, I watched a 40-minute long youtube video about the entire series of kingdom hearts and what i have to say yes is that 
it's more absurd than you described it. Like, by a lot. There were points in that video where that man talked for like 10 whole minutes without mentioning a Disney character. And it would start to sound like a normal story. And then very suddenly, he'd be like, and then Mickey. And and you're just completely blindsided by the reintroduction of the Disney characters into this otherwise regular video game. Yeah. And it's weird because, so that video comprised of clips that were all cutscenes from, like, from across the franchise. But the actual in-game gameplay between cutscenes that you're engaging in if you're playing the game are almost entirely Disney. So it's like, I'm saving Tarzan. Oh, here's a cutscene of, like, these mysterious guys in robes. (laughs) I'm saving Ariel. Oh, what's happening with this fucking ice cream? (laughs) That's so much weirder it's very (laughs) that is a thing that i i i don't understand about video games like i so one thing that i've learned in in trying to branch out in video games is that i absolutely need to see a cinematic trailer and i absolutely need to see a gameplay trailer because if the gameplay trailer is because like i'll watch a cinematic trailer that will bring me to tears and then i'll see the gameplay is just like circles on a on a grid like (laughs) like like that you're just doing point and click uh turn-based combat the entire time and i i i keep getting baited (laughs) into buying these games that's real yeah um as a really convenient segue, uh, that's actually why I had put off Spiritfarer is because I thought that the the announcement, you know, Nintendo Direct Spiritfarer is coming over the past few months. I thought it was going to be one of those things where it's like, yeah. okay, the storyline sounds really lofty and artful. And then I would see like the little frame of the gameplay and it looked kind of like shit to me. I don't think it does in real life, but I don't think that the the way that it's um, arted translated super well uh, to these little preview promos, as opposed to like when you're actually immersed in playing it, you start to notice that it's it's like a choice more so that it looks like that um, instead of just maybe not a lot of effort. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But yeah, I had dismissed it several times exactly for that reason. Because I thought it was going to be one of those, like, we're moving circles around, but pretending it's about death and life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think anything else with Kingdom Hearts that when I listened to it, I regretted. I did regret not talking about the ice cream thing on the episode. And I don't know if this came across during your thingy. You're uh, watching the video. Uh, But there's this fucking ice cream that they eat in like every scene for one of the games and they talk about it a lot in a very melodramatic anime way and it's the one it's the game where i stop being able to follow what's going on because it starts being about like memories and like looping and i don't right, fucking know being inside other people and people being and, yeah exactly and, yeah okay. but for some reason they're like Oh, I can't think of something. It's kind of, you know, like in Inception, how they have that fucking top. 
<laughs> I feel yeah. like the, this particular game story anchors itself to this type of popsicle. And it's sea salt ice cream. And it's like a blue popsicle. So there's just all these scenes where people are holding blue popsicles sitting on like a clock tower roof. And the dialogue of these scenes is like they're they're also fucking talking about it. They're not just holding it. It's not they're just sort discussing of like the a theme. Sea salt they're they're just constantly like it's salty and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks it sounds fucking gross, right? Like it does. I mean, I know that like salt can enhance sweet things sometimes. Yeah. You but put, like, maybe like put a little bit of salted caramel and an ice cream but i don't want sea salt ice cream that is blue presumably just frozen ocean water oh no (laughs) oh i have there's like little bits of like kelp and shit in there that just gave me such a physical reaction oh no yeah so that's what i think about whenever they're like om nom nomine where are your memories it's salty and sweet. Yeah. It's like basically the whole game. Yeah. Um, and um, I did mean to acknowledge that. And I yeah. apologize that I didn't. Since we released that episode, though, a lot of the comments that we've been getting are about people literally not understanding how this game was made in terms of copyright issues. Yeah. And I'm surprised. Like, I mean, I'm assuming Disney had to sign off on this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because Disney is obviously crazy litigious. You don't need me to say that. But Yeah, no. And it's like all of their properties. It's not like, can we negotiate getting like Mickey? It's like, we want access to all of Disney and classic Disney and Pixar. All of it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because they're like adding current characters too. Yeah, because I think think Frozen was in the last Mm -hmm. game. I didn't see the last game really but um but yeah so clearly disney is there's some very savvy negotiators that brought both of those parties to the table even though the disney properties less and less (laughs) a part of the story right right like they were just given carte blanche to like pick and choose Mm -hmm. yeah if i were disney I would be like, okay, well, you know, I know we're getting a bajillion dollars from this, but could you, like, stop writing us out of the story? <laughs> you know? Or maybe they're just like, nah, just, nah. we don't really like it, so. Yeah, this is pretty bad, so yeah, please continue to just forget about us. Yeah, except for on the cover art. Um, yes. It's, yeah, so that... Even without playing it, I still want to try one of them just to see what the, the I would play the first like. one. I think there's a reason why so many people have some kind of attachment to it, even if they can't articulate yes. <laughs> why it's good. Um, but, like, the, the nostalgia is strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I – it was a wild ride just to hear about it, just to listen to 40 minutes of someone trying to explain this plot to me. It was a wild, wild time. Well, um, you were – so you were texting me as you were listening to it, and the questions you were asking me, like the clarifying questions – made it very clear to me that you were following that video significantly better than I had. And I have actually played a lot of the games. <laughs> but you were like, oh, yeah, so such and such was, you know, so-and-so in the past. And I was like, how the fuck did you get that? 
I've read the wiki twice and I barely just <laughs> figured that out. It's just that like there were so many like body swap mentions mm-hmm. in there that it became hard to mm-hmm. follow, but also mm-hmm. like hard to ignore. It was like, all right, so everybody is everybody. It's uh Everybody's everybody, but then like the phrasing that they use, which now I'm forgetting, where it's like they were they were emptied out or or it was like they're nobodies they're nobodies or something like that yeah like it's very yeah strange um (laughs) for sure and there's definitely like the romance that's happening or maybe happening that Mm -hmm. i also didn't get i just i I yeah yeah there was a lot i think there was an implied love triangle in the first game and then it was but it's like mostly the two main characters and then their nobodies presumably are also in love. But I don't think it's ever yeah. explicit. Not like sexually explicit. I don't think it's ever like explicitly stated. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely uh, explicit Unlike the love triangle the between Mickey Mouse and Goofy and Donald Duck, that one is very explicit. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there was that. Uh, yes. And then you played some Spirit Bearer. I did, um, or I have been. Um, and yeah, so I started. I didn't realize we had a digital download and not a physical copy, and so I have to play it on Francis's Switch, which is fine. It's not like it's not like he has trouble sharing, but for some reason, it like bugs me that it's not on mine and that it's yeah. not on my say, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I have an account on his that he's very nicely set up, but it like bothers me. Oh, um, yeah, I get that. Uh, I don't have my controller colors, but no, it's good. And uh, we have like a projector wall in the new office that we set up. So I've been playing it uh, after Robin goes to sleep on the projector wall, which drastically compromises the, quality of the image but it's still fun so i get to see like the boat i'm building like as big as a wall um oh i love that i liked building the boat i haven't gotten as far as i've seen it played Mm -hmm. um i have i think i just got the snake lady oh snake's my favorite yeah yeah um and i know that i watched francis play well past that because i saw the deer leave on his play so I have the snake, the frog, and the deer. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Those are the first three. Those are the the, the big, big first Yeah. Three. So I've gotten to do a few of, like, the games, like the playing the guitar to make things grow, and the catching lightning, and the jellyfish and stuff. I met the raccoon. Oh, very nice. Yes. Uh, yes. Did you notice that uh, when you play to make things grow, for the first few bars, your cat sings along with you? In a no. meow, and it goes, and it goes, Why doesn't it do it the whole time? And then, because then the music gets louder, and you don't hear the cat anymore, but it's... Well, <laughs> that's a choice. <laughs> yeah. um, I did not notice that, and I very much look forward to going back and seeing that. But I'm so glad you brought up that particular game, because <laughs> I made a mental note to talk about it, and I wouldn't have remembered. There's... It doesn't tell you when you should stop. No. It just ends. No, it never ends. It ends. It's just very long. It's really oh, long. Okay. Yeah, but it does end. <laughs> but it, you you don't need to play to the end for the thing to stop growing. It usually no. is grown well before the end. Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. I just feel like I played it forever. I know. It is very long. <laughs> and I was like, Francis, do I just need to close out of this? And he's like, yeah, all your stuff's grown. And I was just like, I feel like I've been doing this for so long. It's very long. Why it's... did they do that? Yeah. Um, not that it was hard, but I'm not good at knowing what, I'm not good at knowing button placement because I switch controllers so often oh, for my different God. consoles yeah, that and is stuff. Thing. So I never fucking know where X is because it's different on everything. Um, and I have to just refer to things like as North, South, East, West, if people are telling me to do things on, you know, yeah. on button mapping because yeah. I, I can't otherwise remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not that that game was challenging, but I did have to like glance down a couple of times. Um, but uh, whatever. I, I yeah. just, you know, did that for what felt like 20 minutes. <laughs> it is very fine. long, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I'm having a ton of fun with it. Um, I haven't really uncovered a lot of lore. I, so the deer's your friend. Yeah. From, I mean, everybody's your friend, but in the from your previous life. life. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first three people all are. Your, yeah. the frog is your uncle. Friend, The deer uncle. is your friend. And is the grandma? Uh, snake is your aunt, I think. Aunt. But not, not married to the uncle. No. Yeah, so that's interesting. Um, again, when I had watched Francis play, I thought that the deer was your aunt. I like very specifically thought that. So it was weird to be like, oh wait, no shit, that's my friend. Because I remember seeing like, man, that aunt had a weird relationship with you. Yeah, <laughs> if she She's keeps like, talking remember to you when about we like used to steal cigarettes yeah. from the corner store. And... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly. It's like remember when my dad left me, and I was just like, damn, like the boundaries here are weird. But yeah, friend yeah, makes way more sense. It makes much more sense as a, a best friendship. She yeah. just seems so much more mature. Mm-hmm. I mean, than your your speechless character. I don't. I mean, that's kind of dumb. But I feel like with the chain smoking and and your avatar being like what seems kind of like a little kid to me. I guess in my mind, we were like a teen. And that you're, looks like a fifty-year-old like Grey Gardens 20s. woman. Oh, okay. you're young. You're a young adult. You're okay. you're in your twenties. So I am looking forward to continue playing it. Um, slower than I would prefer, but yeah, I am enjoying it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we talked about in the episode that I've experienced as it relates to it. Um, have you met Francis, the yes. trash man? Okay, good. yeah, <laughs> I just did, and I think I was like half awake when I did, and I was very. Like, uh, yeah, click through, click through. And then I was like, oh, Francis, this is a thing. <laughs> Wake back up. Um, and so you just sell them your trash? Yeah, you, you just sell them your garbage. Okay. That's fine. Um, and then he sells you seeds, which are important because it's how you get someone later on down the road. Oh, uh, okay. There was that. And then have you gotten to play any of the location-based games, the ones where you, like, have to catch lightning or catch uh, fireflies or catch yeah. music notes, all those those fun ones? Yeah, I've done the lightning one and the jellyfish one. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's it so far. Um, yeah, but that I know that be, That would be it, I think. Yeah. I know that there's some things that you sort of go ashore and do, like harvesting-type things, because I've yeah. seen it done, but I haven't. I haven't personally gotten that far yet. Yeah. When you do that, your cat helps you, which I like. Great. Yeah. I, my cat helps me saw down trees, which yeah. I really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the two-player mode, so if you play it on Francis's with Francis, 
there's a two-player mode and you get to play the cat. So I Francis, didn't know there was a two-player mode. There is. And Francis can play uh, the main character and you can right. play the cat and you can do stuff independently. Have you done that with Marty yet? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't because I just found that out. So I'm oh. really excited to tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I'm processing it. Oh, I wish we had played through that way in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of oh. do too. Although yeah. Marty would not have sat through that. <laughs> Marty just liked to observe me play that game. Fair, fair. Yeah. Marty, Marty does seem to play like real games. Games yeah. for grownups. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to say games for grownups, but yes. Oh, whatever he's in the background, he's playing like whatever the newest, biggest release is. I don't know. He plays all the games with the circles and the squares. Oh, I thought it was like Red Dead type stuff. No, I mean, he has played a couple of those games, but the one he's been playing recently is just some circles and squares. <laughs> that are, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand the appeal. It's just circles and squares. And Do you know what it's Every called? once in a while, he'll be like, oh, man, I lost. And I'll be is like, it just tic-tac-toe? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry, you didn't circle squarely enough. We play very different video games. Um, the other thing that I did, uh, so I'm really happy you're enjoying Spirit Fair. Um, so I watched Pom Poco. <gasps> I forgot about that. Avalon, what the <laughs> fuck? Wait, <laughs> this movie. I've seen almost every other of the Ghibli, the, the Studio Ghibli movies. <laughs> And I don't know why I never saw this one, but I realized I was living a very blessed life. What in the hell was this movie? This movie to me was both pro-war, anti-war, transphobic, and like anti-environmentalism. And pro, I this movie was so many <laughs> different things, all in one very confusing. And it's just like the way that it is made is that it's just like someone saying one very long sentence with a lot of very confusing <laughs> and opposite <laughs> points. <laughs> And then there are raccoons in the background, which I, I love raccoons. So I was really excited when the movie started. Yeah. Yeah. I was excited when I saw that there were going to be many different styles of like animation for the raccoon. Like sometimes they're like super realistically drawn and then yeah. they get increasingly more cartoony as you get into their world. And then it kind of goes back and forth. Um, I mean, so I've never heard of this movie necessarily. I just, we were just, as I've said in previous episodes, trying to go through all the Studio Ghibli right. films. And this is just one that we uh, came up on. This is not a Miyazaki one. This is some other fucking guy <laughs> who works there. Yeah. If very, that was not abundantly yeah, clear. Yeah, very, very clear. <laughs> and the movie is approximately 13 hours long. Yes. And yeah, it's just, so in theory, it's, you know, it's just some raccoons re resisting the development of their land their yeah. urban sprawl which is totally fine i did yeah. like that the scene in the beginning is like the two raccoon tribes are fighting each other at war and this lady comes out and she's like you have to stop this poem doesn't rhyme. You got to stop doing 
<laughs> you got to stop doing a war. Our forest is gone. And that worked. Like yes. they were like, oh, yeah, we got to stop. Which I was like, that. Yeah. That is a nice. That's nice. I wish that would work. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah. The movie has, um, I would say, five acts, if not more. <laughs> it, yeah, it's many acts. Um, I'm very. They don't really like they don't really brace you for what the premise of this movie is going to be at all. Like you're not really sure like how much magic or fantasy is going to be involved from the start. And mm -hmm. they just drop stuff on you. Like, yeah, like it's like an hour into the movie where they're like, oh, and the raccoons are shapeshifters. Like, I don't know. Like it like, didn't really. Right set you up for that um, i mean i'm assuming because i think that that maybe that's so common knowledge in japanese lore that for the intended audience people oh, just were like maybe you're right maybe yeah you're right. obviously raccoons shapeshift with their scrotums which yeah. is a really important part of the shapeshifting magic yeah. That I wasn't personally prepared for. I didn't for. like the part where that guy made them all sit on his scrotum without consent. That part was really weird to me. Yeah. And they, you know, and I thought like, ooh, okay, this is part of it. It's going to be implied. But, man, scrotums were just really like sprinkled in the background of every scene. Yeah, there's a lot of scrotums. How do you feel about raccoons now? I feel the same about raccoons because I know that they uh, have probably non-shaped shifting scrotums. I do find it hard it, for me to, to disassociate raccoons from thinking about their genitals now after three and a half hours of that it's movie. been it's been difficult because i haven't encountered a raccoon besides in that movie since mm -hmm. since then so yeah. we'll see if there's been lasting damage done but uh i am hoping i'm hopeful i think that my relationship <laughs> to raccoons is gonna be um preserved yeah, I think Francis and I just, like, watched that entire movie with, like, our jaws on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> like, every choice and every turn of the story. There, So there's one moment, there are so many moments, but just, like, ones that stuck out for me. And that scene where they're, like, the girls tried to turn into girl humans and they did it great. And the boys turned into boy humans and they did it good. But then the boys tried to turn into girl humans and it was terrible. And the girls tried to turn into boy humans and it was terrible. And then the guy's like, all right, I need to see all of the male raccoons after this class to straighten this all out. And then he just makes them sit on his ball sack. And then they don't talk about it at all. And yeah. then he sends them home. I, I, I don't know what the lesson was. I don't know what any of the lessons were, I, to be completely I, honest with you. Then they start straight up killing people. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if they're trying to tell me that that was bad or not. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Yeah. And then the whole, like, last return to the Shire, oh my god, is this over yet, of them going to work in the city. It's just, it was just a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. Sometimes they would fight over food and it would be funny, or they would watch TV and it would be funny. 
yeah i thought that there were there were definitely some funny moments um and the animation was very cute and i thought it was interesting when they switched to like a realistic animation style i thought that was mm-hmm. pretty fun but ultimately, I did not understand what was happening. No, Sam. I just wanted to really, I just really want everybody to experience how, what the fuck. I guess, I guess <laughs> that viewing the experience that I did is, not encounter this movie. I, <laughs> I do wish I had seen it in college. Yeah, there are a lot of movies that I've seen in my recent life that I, I wish I had known about when I smoked weed. Yeah, that's really what it is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I don't do that anymore, and I cannot... And there's a lot of missed opportunities for yeah. some good giggles. But I did appreciate going in blind. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, thank you. What was that homework for? That was, you just, just brought funsies. it up during Because uh, I really wanted last, somebody else like, to watch it. Yeah. yeah. During the last several episodes, you brought it up during your nerd culture segment. Oh, yeah. Um, and so. Got it. I did that. Uh, and let's see. So the last thing that we both had to do was to watch stuff with captions and to see yeah. if we could notice any of the stuff that Celeste was talking about. And holy shit. Yeah. We, so we started having captions on pretty much for everything um, now. And one, I like it much better um, just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's gotten very hard to notice how often, um, and I'm noticing that a lot of like, I guess Celeste kind of touched on this, but a lot of like fan content is very well captioned. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the older episodes of Critical Role and stuff like that that have been fan captioned have like, have denotions of like demeanor or like vocal changes or like um how the person is speaking written into the caption mm-hmm. whereas like the professionally done captions sometimes won't even put exactly what the person said like yeah it, it and and the thing i haven't realized i haven't seen a lot of examples of what she brought up about like queer sex versus straight sex but I have encountered um, uh, AAVE being translated into like white American English. Yeah. I've seen that on like every TV show I'm, I've watched mm-hmm. recently where they just take it and edit it out. Yeah. Is like, I mean, I kind of like assumed that I would see it, but it just like, I don't know. It just hit me differently to actually notice it and see it there. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the fact that that is being indicated that it's corrective. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's meaningful and significant enough that it was in the script that way, I think is is a really bizarre disconnect. I mean, it's not yeah. surprising, but. No, it, right. It's not surprising, but it it, yeah. it is like stunning to see yeah. it a little bit. Um, have you watched anything with captions like that was particularly interesting? Um, so we, and I may have said this in the episode, but we always have captions on. It's like a Francis thing that at first I was resistant to, but then I kind of adapted. Um, so I am used to that, uh, but I've been trying to pay more 
close attention to right, it or be right. more mindful of it. Uh, and lately we've been watching, um, we got HBO Max. So we finally went back and watched that, the Watchmen miniseries. Yes. So the word oh, watch yeah. like 10 times in a row. Um, and also we've been doing uh, Lovecraft Country. Which oh, I will God. continue yeah. to always call Lovecraft County, uh, which is not what it's called. No. But I really, really, really keep fucking that up. But um, so noticing it a little bit in that, especially because um, it's a cross section, I would say, sort of of the the talking point around the AVE sometimes. Uh, But then also uh, because it's suspenseful or horror. Oh, right. You've got kind of like the the musical cues and stuff like that. Yes. Um, And then also because it's like, got made up eldritch fantasy elements there's uh not real words you know and it's just interesting right, to see how right. like maybe they'll take the time to spell out different lovecraftian locations or terms or weird things but then there's not the same level of care with uh linguistic choices um, right right or dialects or whatever so it yeah. uh so that's been interesting and then but they give so much care in that show specifically to describing the tone of the music. Yes, um, I did notice that, yeah. I thought it was Very funny. Good. There's like, I can't come up with a good example, but it would be, you know, drilling down to the level between uh, suspenseful music and startling music. Like, they really, like, are trying to get the tone of the music yes. uh, very clearly conveyed in the captioning, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, were you, oh, that's on tonight, by the way. Uh, were you able to watch that episode? No. The, the one with the, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, f- I feel bad. I, I had to turn off the second the, like, subway stairwell thing started happening because I, yeah. I just can't do that. I can't. I can't do unnatural movement. I oh, cannot. that's the thing that, that. That's uh, the thing. Yeah. yeah, I can't do that. Um, I don't like ghosty stuff. I don't like anything demonic possession ghosty. I really struggle with. Um, but if there's any kind of unnatural movement that looks slightly like it's rewound when it was filmed or like jerky. Right. Any, uh, any ghost movie that happened after signs, not signs, uh, 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 the ring. Yeah. Can't yeah. do it. Every, I, every I can't single... do the trailer. I can't see commercials. Yeah. I can't do it. So, mm-hmm. um, so no, I won't ever watch that for that reason. Unless maybe I'll watch it with Francis if he just like tells me those parts so I can close my eyes for those parts. Yeah, that that was I am still thinking about it. Uh, I thought that after the next episode, like it might dwindle in my brain, but it yeah. has not. Yeah. Which kudos to those girls. They did an excellent job at being the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did I skip that and watch the next episode? I don't think so. I I was planning on just reading a recap and then moving forward with it, but I don't think I have. Yeah. Oh, okay. The next one's a very good episode. I I'm mean, sure. they, they all are, but it's 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 very intense and good. Yeah. I'm glad. It's very comforting to know that like everyone watching something is equally horrified. Like I yeah. I, I was very satisfied to go on the internet and see just like like just a series of, of the word being nope. like nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that I saw that ahead of time because if I had not already been like kind of like, okay, can I handle this? I got to, what's this going to be? How spooky is going to be? I got to brace myself. And <laughs> it had just happened when I was unawares. I would probably have let more of the image into my brain. 
Yeah. Before I just <laughs> shut it off. <laughs> and by off, I mean my own brain, not the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I yeah. also didn't realize because up until that episode in particular, um, and we're just talking about Lovecraft Country now. Um, Hi, you were going to say county. I was because you put it Because they say the word county so many times in the first episode. They a lot. Yeah. Um, but is that... Because in the first couple episodes, they call that girl D all the time. Um, and I didn't realize until that episode that's focused largely around her that her name is Diana. Oh, yeah. Her, and her mother is Hippolyta. Yeah. Just Wonder Woman's mom. So she's, I, she, I love that. I love I that. I think that's so wonderful. Much. Yeah. Yeah, I I was just so full of glee because I, I mean I I obviously the you know the name Hippolyta is so uh, definitively Greek and very and very powerful and interesting, but I didn't realize that they were both named specifically for that, and that made yeah. me very happy. <laughs> and Diana's a pretty okay name, I guess. Diana's fine. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was really cute. Yeah, it made me want to like go back and rewatch some of the episodes to see if there are other parallels written into their characters to like mythology. Oh yeah. <sighs> what other, ho- did we do anything else? Did we do other homeworks? No, we're supposed to, it. we're supposed to read true blood, uh, fanfic. fanfic. And since that would have been the easiest goddamn one. Since neither of us did that. Just hang on. Okay. All right. I always feel like it's, I, I don't know if this is based on anything, but I feel like Archive of Our Own is safer than fanfiction.net. <laughs> I don't know why, but I feel like... Can you define safety? Meaning, like, I feel like I'm less likely to find, like, pedophilia uh, oh, fiction okay. on <laughs> Archive of Our Own for some reason. Or at least on like the front page of results. I feel like that stuff is buried somewhere. So many of these are crossovers between True Blood and Supernatural. That's <laughs> oh, weird. Very I, much. I felt like it was really lending itself to crossover, but that's not what I would have guessed. Ooh, Pam and Sookie slash fic. Interesting pairing. Okay, Godric is gone, leaving a bereft Eric with a cryptic letter, a new bookkeeper at Fantasia, and a hell of a lot of unanswered questions, which will lead to the unraveling of a secret the ancient vampire protected with his life to eventually ensure Eric's enduring happiness. I'm I'm sold. Yeah. There are 60 chapters. I don't know if I'm sold on that. Maybe the chapters are short. <laughs> but this is the perfect himbo moment. Yeah, yeah. To, dump, to jump into. Oh, and it's a point of view from <gasps> Eric. It's written in Eric's point of view. Oh, what I a... bet he is so sensitive in it. Oh, he's going to be so sensitive. Oh, it starts off with Eric, my precious child. It's a Godric conversation. Oh, oh. I love this person. That's perfect. <laughs> Please link that. I will. On the socials. I will. <laughs> um, that person's like, why is this thing I wrote 13 years ago suddenly, suddenly having this spike kudos. in views? <laughs> yep. Oh. Uh, that's our fault. Uh, well, Avalon, what are you doing after this? I need to go to work. 
Ugh. Boo. Boo, indeed. Yeah. I am going to look up how to tailor your own sweater. I think that's going to be a pain in the butt. Is it yeah, like it a is. cotton or is it like a knit knit sweater? I have no idea. Was well, it I, like a like grandma-y sweater? Is it like a jersey kind of like pullover? Jersey pullover. Yeah. Yeah. No, I shouldn't. <laughs> All right, maybe I'll buy a belt. Buy a belt. Yeah. I'll buy a belt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. And that will give you an instant Peter Pan vibe. Oh, yeah. Which, you know. That's always what I'm going that's, for. That's what you're going for. So. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Have a good day at work. Thanks. Thank you for listening, listeners. Oh, wait. Yeah. Should, you know what? We, we don't say our socials anymore. Can we do that? <laughs> oh, yeah. We forgot about that whole thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Please connect with us on Twitter at FemSplainedCast, um, on Instagram at FemSplainedPodcast, um, and we're on Facebook under FemSplainedPodcast as well. Um if you go to superdillon.com slash femsplained, you will see the application to come on and guest femsplain, uh, as well as our email and things if you want to connect in other ways. So Also, we have a giveaway. Oh, yeah. We're doing a giveaway <laughs> till Halloween. Ha! <laughs> um, yes, we're giving away a couple of items of merch and a copy of Neverland, the Impossible Island. So... Um, Go ahead and retweet that uh, on Twitter or like it on Instagram. There are going to be two uh, winners. So you have two chances to win some stuff. Great. Uh, and watch Werewolf Times, the party game. Four <laughs> On Saturdays. Yes, on Saturday. <laughs> uh, it's on twitch.tv slash mythic grove. Uh, and both of the previous episodes are up there. Um, for your rewatching. So if you want to get cut off, um, you can do that and then watch the next one. Highly recommend. Yes. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.